Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service, or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Um, I called my sermon The Wonder of Christmas, um, because for some reason at that time I thought it would be a little less cliched, and turns out it's not. Um, But I just, I really feel that the message that I have today is going to be an opportunity for us just to step back a little bit, to refocus, and to just really look at the wonder that is Christmas. And I feel that today, it's, this message is going to be, there's a, I feel like there's people here today that maybe you've just been sitting and you've been leading into this Christmas season that we have. And it's actually been taking from you. It's been tiring you, it's been causing anxiety or concern. And actually more than, more than looking forward with anticipation, your, your posture has been, let's go again. I don't know why. But today in a time that is meant to be of joy and celebration, that has become burden, it's become worry, it's become anxiety, I want to bring an opportunity for you to stop and be refreshed as we behold together the glory of God and and we allow God to speak to us again of the wonder that is Christmas and the reason that we celebrate it. Because at church we love Christmas. I mean, we've already been talking about wish lists and carol services. We're going to have our Easter, uh, our Christmas, not Easter, Eve, Christmas Eve service. I'm um, getting ahead of myself, very ahead of myself. But don't we love enjoying Christmas? I mean, we've got things on the front of the stage and trees. And uh, I was hoping for candy canes at the front door, but there wasn't any. So maybe next weekend, team. It's good for me. Uh, but as a church, we love to celebrate. As, a fam- as families, we love to celebrate. What do, what do we do when we get together? Oh, we talk, we're talking about, hey, what are your plans for Christmas? Are you going away? Are you staying? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you done with buying the Christmas gifts yet? Are you ready for Christmas? Have you thought about the food that you... I'm cooking a pavlova for Christmas. Now, I've committed to doing this and I haven't done it in about 20 years, but I'm confident. But don't we just love our Christmas plans? Now, speaking of which, Ron, do you know what you're getting for Christmas? Oh, he loves a mystery. But Christmas truly is such a significant part of of our calendar. And I'm glad that it is. Because as a Christian, I'm proud that such an important day on the Christian calendar remains an important day in our social or cultural calendar as well. Uh, It's always an opportunity for me and for us as a church to refocus on Jesus. And it's always an opportunity for us as believers to invite people, hey, would you come and hear the good news? But it's so easy. It's so easy to get distracted by all the, the trappings of Christmas, the busyness of getting ready, the, the focus on the look and the feel. You know, are these the right colored decorations? Are these modern enough, but also traditional? Do they look good? It's easy to be distracted by the holiday plans and dealing with the family that's going to be around a lot over Christmas. In all of this, isn't it easy to miss the importance of this day? It's even easier, I think, to miss the true significance 
and the meaning behind Christmas. Which led me to ask myself, I suppose, have we lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas? Perhaps in the midst of everything that we do for Christmas, have we lost sight of the wonder that is Christmas? Because when we celebrate Christmas together, I think the reason that we celebrate is so much more significant than the celebration itself. In its simplest words, or its simplest idea, I suppose, Christmas is simply a celebration of the birth of Jesus. I mean, I've, I have been guilty of, of telling my kids, you know, what is Christmas? It's a little bit like Jesus' birthday party. Christmas is his birthday party, except instead of giving him gifts, we give ourselves gifts, because that's better. Um, but isn't that a bit of a cop-out? Christmas really means so much more than it's Jesus' birthday party. And wouldn't it, be more, wouldn't it be weird if I was actually more grateful for the gifts that I received than for the person that I celebrated? Wouldn't it be so strange that if we spent so much effort and time focusing on the party that we forgot to show love for its guest of honour? Do we think sometimes we get Christmas a little bit upside down? Christmas is more than just a, a time to remember Jesus. When we step back and we look at the larger picture, I think Christmas reveals a much greater truth. Christmas becomes a symbol of so much more than I think we often allow it to mean. I wanted to make it interactive for a minute because there's this idea that if Christmas is a symbol of a greater truth, we have to understand what a symbol is because a symbol is really just a picture or a word that points to something so much greater. So I've got... We're just going to run through some exercises to make sure we're in the right mindset. Let's run through and see if we understand these symbols. What have we got? Oh, what does this symbol mean? Australia. Yeah, we're good at symbols. Uh, this one, for the socially conscious? Recycling. We, don't, we, we get our recycling right around here. Okay. Oh, what's this mean? Love. That's a nice one. Um, young people. Though the young people are probably now getting older people and actual young people are saying this is wrong. Speak in symbols. It's called emojis. I know this one. What's this? Happy face. Um, it probably has a meaning, but really its meaning is I just throw it in text messages and emails so I seem friendly as I'm saying things. <laughs> right? But that's how I use them. Um, but did you know that there's a whole language behind emojis these days that I'm not really privy to? Um, so I've got a, the last one. This is a pop quiz to see if we can all interpret this sentence in symbols. Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. It's the only one that I could think of in the moment. Um, it was close enough. It's symbols. Joe, Joe is correcting my use of emojis. They're not emojis. Okay. So we've got the idea of symbols now. So my question is, if Christmas were a symbol of something greater, what is it that it truly means? What is the greater meaning behind the symbol that is Christmas? I mean, the best place to start to understand the real meaning of Christmas would be to go back and start looking at its beginning. Keeping in mind, Christmas wasn't invented by Hallmark, though they're definitely promoting it well. Cards, gifts, wrapping, all of those things. Terrible, terrible Christmas movies. Stop already. 
Christmas was actually begun by the early church as a celebration to remember the arrival of Jesus. Back in, uh, I think it was 279 AD, Christmas began. But you know, even in this starting point, Christmas becomes a little bit controversial for the for the Christian folk these days, because the date that they chose actually coincided with a date that was used to celebrate the Yule Feast of the Roman Saturnalia. I had to Google that. But you know what? It actually leads some Christians to believe perhaps Christmas is built upon a a pagan tradition and the continuation of such, to which I'd simply refer to the church leaders of the time, and this is what they said. They said, we who hold this day holy... Do it not like the pagans because of the birth of the Son, but because of him who made it. They had this conviction that the gospel would transcend the cultural influence of their time. But not only that, that the gospel would have the power to transform the cultural influences of their day. The early church intentionally chose a date that celebrated the return of the the Son because it gives light to the earth. And they redeemed it to be a celebration of the coming of the Son of God who would bring light to all creation. The early church had this desire. We'll celebrate Christ. We'll bring glory to God and we'll redeem the world as we do it. And you know, do you know how we know their plan worked? No one's celebrating Saturnalia right now. We're getting ready for Christmas. This is good news. Christmas, the Christian tradition is on the calendar. They redeemed that date. But ironically, a once pagan celebration redeemed to become Christian, Christmas, is now being co-opted back into a bit of a pagan celebration again. If you were to think about it, because the more secular our world becomes, the more we lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas. The more we lose sight of the wonder that we truly celebrate. I think the more secular we become, the less sacred is the Christmas celebration. And have you ever noticed that the more we remove the wonder of the divine, the more we take Christ out of the picture, the more we take the gospel story out of the Christian picture, the more we actually need to substitute in some, some magical elements just to make it a little bit fun and to bring the wonder, the more we've got to add in a little bit of the extraordinary to still try and maintain this sense of wonder as we approach Christmas. Here, let, me, let me show you how we've done this. As the sacred has become more secular, We've seen the symbols of our celebration has changed. You know, it's no longer the nativity scene. It's Santa's throne that you see on the shopping centres. We're celebrating the big red guy with the beard, right? It's no longer angels that are declaring the glory of God. It's some happy little elves that will make me presents. It's no longer three wise men bringing gifts to the Lord of Lords. It's a pile of presents sitting under my Christmas tree. Even our words have changed. It's no longer glory to God in the highest. What do we say now so that we don't offend anybody? We just say, happy holidays, Keith. Happy holidays. That sounds nice and bland and boring. Now, instead of coming from the church, the greatest messages about Christmas come from Netflix and Hallmark. The greatest messages about Christmas come from our online retailers as we take advantage of low life prices and good, good value. The glory of God has been replaced with good feelings and happy holidays. So today, I just want to step back. I want to slow the pace down a little bit and take a moment to recapture the true wonder that is the Christmas celebration, making the focal point of our conversation today the nativity scene, the moment where Jesus was born. 
As we look at this picture, what do you see represented in this moment? What does it mean to you as we recapture this moment of wonder, the beginning of our Christmas celebration? Do you know, if we were to look at it, as we look at it with our natural eyes and our human perspective, well, we see the birth of a child, but not just any child, the birth of a child that would grow to be our saviour. It's special. And in that thought, I suppose it's full of wonder, but almost in the same way that the birth of any child is full of wonder, something that's amazing and incredible. It's a moment loaded with potential, but in the same way that every new life is loaded with the potential to become so much more than it is right now. It's a lifetime of opportunity wrapped up in this one moment of arrival. But when we think like this, I think sometimes that we forget the moment of Jesus' birth wasn't actually a moment of new life because Jesus' life didn't begin at Christmas. That's just our natural way of looking at it. When we think of baby Jesus, I think we think of birth and beginning, but that's so far from the truth because this moment was a moment of beginning. This moment was a moment of becoming. The wonder of Christmas isn't just that Jesus was born. The real wonder of Christmas is that God became a man. The eternal and the divine. Our creator became a person so that he could walk amongst his creation. Do you know that the all-powerful, he became fragile and the everlasting took on fleeting flesh so that we could know him. I think so often we struggle to have a picture of Jesus beyond his humanity because we focus on this, this image that he's shown us, this revelation that he gave us of himself as a man. But to help us understand a little bit more, to help us perhaps see a little better today, I want to engage your imagination. I want you to pause and reflect. I want to, I want to invite you to look upon the glory of God with me and see the truth of who Jesus was and is and always will be. So here's what I want you to do. Just quietly. I'm not going to do a sneaky altar call right now, but I do invite you. Would you, would you just close your eyes with me? Let me describe Jesus to you using the way he's described himself in the word. And as I speak, allow your mind to even try and grasp the wonder of Jesus and who he is. Because Jesus was and always has been the almighty one and the Lord of all. He is the beloved son of the most high God, the alpha and the omega. He was there in the beginning and he will be there at the end. He always was and he always will be. He is the word of God. And through him, all things were created and have their being. In him, all created things are held together. They were created through him and they were created for him. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah and the one appointed to judge over the living and the dead. He's the bread of life and the living water. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way into the presence of the Father. He is our great high priest and the good shepherd. He is the one who sets the captives free. He is our hope, and in him he, we, we find peace. 
Do you know when John had a vision of the Son of God, Jesus, he fell as though dead at the glory. He described him as clothed in shining robes. His eyes flamed like fire, his voice like the roar of raging waters. He held the stars in his hands and his face shone like the sun. His tongue was like a two-edged sword and he held the keys to death and Hades in his hand. This is the one whose word creates faith and completes it in our life. This is the one who is enthroned upon the praises of his people and who sits at the right hand of God the Father. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords and at his name, every knee will bow. At his name, every tongue will confess, Jesus is Lord. This is Jesus, our Lord, our Saviour. And it was this great and glorious Jesus that became a man. He could have come to earth clothed in power. He could have come to earth a demonstration of strength and might. But he came clothed in a human form, just a simple man. But not even a strong man or a mighty man, a baby reliant upon a young mother. The almighty creator arrived humbly in the form of his creation. Do you know that the form of the messenger tells you a lot about the message itself? The form that the messenger takes, the way that they present themselves, tells you so much about the content of the message behind it. Jesus is king over all kings. He's the Lord over every Lord. But he didn't arrive as a Lord to rule over his subjects. The creator stepped into his creation so that he could redeem and restore that which had become lost and broken. He didn't come storming in the lion of the tribe of Judah. He walked meekly, gently, the lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. He didn't make bold proclamations. He brought a gentle invitation that any who would come to him would find life. He didn't come to tear our kingdom down. He actually came to invite mankind, humanity, back into his kingdom again. Can you see it? The King, the Lord of heavens and earth, stooped down into our world, not to end our existence, but to invite us into his. And I don't think you'll ever see a greater picture of the heart of God and a greater demonstration of God's love for you than in this moment at Christmas. Because at Christmas we see that God, not holding his rights as the Lord of creation, instead willingly laid it aside that we could know him. Can you start to behold the glory of God and start to see beyond the picture of humanity that he showed us, the wonder and the glory of who he truly is, who he always has been and who he always will be, yet he chose to approach us as a child. Paul described it like this in Philippians 2, verse 6 to 8. He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience. He died a criminal's death upon the cross. Jesus took on a human life so that he could lay it down for us, that we might in turn be restored back to him. We get to live forever in the joy of his presence. And I think that's the wonder of Christmas. Not that Jesus was born, but that God became man 
that he humbled himself before us, that he could invite us and restore us back into his kingdom. That's the good God that we serve. I love the beauty and the poetry that we see in Scripture. Particularly, I like John. That guy had a way with words. The way that he describes the wonder of Jesus. The way that he describes the truth of the gospel. I like the way that John uses this picture of light and dark to demonstrate the coming of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because all humanity had been lost in the darkness of their own sin and their own selfishness with no way to, to save ourselves or help ourselves because how, how can you find your way out when you cannot even see? I want to read to you this story and I'm just going to read through the, through the scriptures. And as I read these scriptures, it's my prayer that even just a little bit more your eyes would be open to the wonder of Christmas today. And I want to use this as a moment for us together to behold his glory and choose to respond, not to the season around us, but to our Lord God, the reason that we celebrate today, that our eyes would be taken off what's happening in the shops, in the holidays, but instead we would just stop and behold the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let me read these scriptures to you. In John 1, 1 to 4, he begins and he says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God and the, wo the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing. Oh, without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. You know, Paul describes in Romans 1.21 that although we knew God, he says they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Because of sin, we became lost in the dark, unable to rescue ourselves. Even in the darkness, Isaiah begins to prophesy and he prophesies of the light. In Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 2, it says, Arise, shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. John 1 verse 14 says, And the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but in order that it, through Him the world might be saved. He didn't arrive as judge. He arrived as Saviour. And as He was there, Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in John 1, 12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Peter describes it like this. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul described it in Colossians 1, 13, that he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. 
That's the wonder of Christmas. What king, what God would do that? You know, I would expect a king to arrive with strength and power and might, with justice and judgment, to come and rule and reign with power and authority. Yet Jesus, He will come. He will come again and that's how He will return. But first, and this is what we celebrate at Christmas, first He came with the message of good news. Great joy for all mankind that anyone who would believe in Him didn't have to perish in darkness, didn't have to die in judgment, didn't have to suffer, suffer through the deserved consequences of the sin that we all carried. Instead, they could find life, everlasting life in Him. Anyone could turn back to God, could once again live within the light of the kingdom of God. You know, for anybody that's lost in the dark today, man, that's great news. That's the good news. It gives me joy. That's why when Jesus arrived, the angels herald his arrival like this. In Luke 2, 10 to 14, it says, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And then suddenly there was an angel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, this is the message that they had, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. How could we, his people, his church, do anything but respond by giving God the glory in this moment? Jesus is my light and my salvation. Jesus deserves all my praise and all my glory. Jesus, he is the one that I celebrate this Christmas. And now for every single one of us who know him, who've encountered His love, who've experienced His presence, who've been welcomed back into His kingdom, we're to become like those angels who proclaim the goodness and the glory of God. We all of us have a part to play. You know, when we were lost, when we were dead in our sins, when we were covered in darkness, Jesus stood and He said, John 8, 12, we've already read it. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But then, to us, to those who chose to follow him, to his people, this is what he said. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it up on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way today, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. How could we not, His church, at Christmas, when we celebrate the arrival and the coming of the light, not go out into the darkness and be the light? I'd like to invite the band to come and join me on stage as we create a moment of response today. Because this Christmas, we don't just celebrate the coming of the light. This Christmas, we remind ourselves, because of Jesus, I am the light. Because of Jesus, I have found future and hope. Because of Jesus, I live in freedom. I'm not caught in fear and darkness anymore. He has set me free. He has welcomed me into His presence. He has called me His son or His daughter. Because of Jesus, 
God who became a man, I can know him. I have a relationship with him and I have been welcomed back into his presence. He is the one that I celebrate today. When I look to that picture of Jesus being born, what do I see? I see my Saviour God entering into my world, that I could know him, that I could see him, that I could speak to him, and that I could walk with him all the days of my life. This is the reason that we celebrate. And this is the reason that we have a conviction, not just to celebrate the light, but to be the light today. Hey, would you stand to your feet? In just a moment, I'd like to just respond together as a church. I want to sing that song, All Hail King Jesus. It's because of Him, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that I am free. And this Christmas, I will stop and I'll give God the glory. Lord, I just thank you that in this moment, we can celebrate you. Lord, that we can look to you, your glory, your strength, your power. But I thank you that you put that aside and you entered into our world that we could know you personally, that we could experience your love and forgiveness, your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you've set us free. I thank you that you've restored us into your light. Oh Lord, we look to you today and we give you all praise and honour. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord. We give you glory today. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 